Ta-da! Shopping online is always convenient, and we love the coupon codes that you find out there. Who doesn't love discounts? I'm the queen of discounts. I'm not joking. I can tell you guys where to find them. But a lot of coupon codes don't work, which is super irritating, not to mention a big, giant waste of time. It turns trying to save money into a second job. Nightmare. I mean, I already have 87 jobs. I don't need another one, especially if I have to be online. That's why we use tada.com. T-A. D-A, ta-da, dot com. They post when a coupon was last used by a verified buyer. They do the work for us. Tada, dot com has coupons for every conceivable angle from great companies. You can save money on electronics, apparel, pet products, so much more. I mean, there's 6,400 stores. Check out Tada. You have to. Tada. All you listeners of this podcast that are my friends in my head, I really want you to do this. Go to Tada.com and experience the easiest way to save money online. I'm a coupon fanatic. Why waste your money? Why not get it for less if you can? I mean, it doesn't matter if you've got a Bentley and a billion dollars. Get a coupon. All right. Save your money and ta-da. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Do you know what this is? It's stimulating, mind-expanding, the in thing. It's the hula hoop of the jet generation. PodcastOne.com presents celebs, pop culture, fashion. No one gets to tell me not to curse. Oh, and some of that, too. This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Welcome to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. I am sitting here with one of my best friends and the co-author of both of my books. And her name, <laughs> yeah, that is Leslie and Bruce Amin. We'll give uh, Yashar, your husband, his final last name, even though we we didn't give it to him in the book. He's no, like, he is Yashar Bruce in the book, but in reality, Yashar Bruce. No, in reality, he's Yashar Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Yashar. Um, so I really want people because there's been uh, you and I are on Twitter together, and right? there's just been a lot of like this ghostwriter thing, and she had a ghostwriter. I was like, I want to give people the full blown story of. All things Leslie and Brandy. Okay. So can I tell them your secrets? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe keep a couple close to the vest, but yes, please. Maybe I shouldn't tell. Maybe I'm interviewing you. So tell the folks in the world how we met. So we met, it was um, 2009. Was that? Yeah. It was 2009. Let's and check Us Weekly. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little cover story um, for Us Weekly. Not sure if you saw it. Yeah. Um, but when the um, kind of scandal broke out that Eddie, your ex-husband, was having an affair, <laughs> um, just in case you don't remember who he was. Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy. Oh, <laughs> that he's guy. cute, right? The one with dimples? Oh, yeah. And she's, oh, okay. she happens to be a country music singer. I have no idea what you're talking no. about. Once that story came out, everybody, and I mean, you know this obviously the best, but everybody was kind of looking for your side of the story. Everybody was like, it was a race to get to Brandy. It was a nightmare for me because I was always happy being the woman behind the man. I never cared about the spotlight. Even when I was modeling, I just want to make enough money to party. Right. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I have enough money. Let's get a cool dress and go out and party. I just don't have that ambition and that drive for fame that a lot of people are hungry for. So when all of these tablets all of a sudden had my cell phone numbers, like I, and my, they were calling the house, calling the cell phone, calling my parents and Mm -hmm. my dad, not knowing was giving interviews to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) He gave an interview to the national Enquirer, And I, I, I was like, dad, you just don't talk to them. And then the interview that came out was nothing that my dad said he said, but I was like, oh my gosh. And then my sister, who I love and respect, even though we're fighting sometimes, <laughs> said, you know what, Brandy? 
you know, all these people are bugging me. There's just one woman that reached out to me and she was not bothersome and she was really nice. And I just, you know, I said, who do I talk to, Trisha, my sister? And she's like, this is who I would talk to if I were you. And that, her name was Leslie Bruce at the time. Were you married yet? Oh, no. You, no, but I wasn't invited to the wedding. Let's not talk about that. Oh my God. Please. Um, well, I remember that I had gotten engaged when you went to the Beverly Hills Hotel after you found out. And I sat there and I like sat on my engagement ring because I'm like, this is probably not the time to tell this woman that I'm getting married. Yeah, no, it was like a race to get to you. And then, I mean, in that situation, I think you were really thrust into it. Like it was I, I had no overnight thing. No, yeah. And I remember this is obviously in drinking and tweeting, but you, I remember you had told me, you said to one of your friends once, you would never believe any of the rumors yes, unless you saw it on the cover of a magazine. magazine. And it's just, it's so, I get the chills even now when we talk about it. It It was on the cover of Us Weekly, and that's how I found out about it. And And then Leslie came to my house. We met. We met on the – yeah, and you had asked me – we had met, and we had um, an interview over the phone, and you asked me to come to your house. And I came to your house, and – I wanted to – I really just wanted to see you and see if you were a genuine person, if you were cute. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're very cute. She's very young and cute and very photogenic. It's annoying. Um, she's always posting pictures. I don't. And when we went to Mexico together, you all you did was take pictures. And I was like – I have to take pictures of my hot friends. Yeah. I, I don't like pictures. You know me. Yeah. Anyway, moving going back. The model doesn't like pictures. No, I don't. I was a runway girl. I really hate myself in photographs. I do. And you know that. So I came to your house and I remember Jakey was so little at the time oh, and he was a baby. you had an, and I got this talking to you. You were just so real. You were so honest. And this was something that had happened to you. You had no, besides like the little bit of fame that you had because of, because of Eddie and because of modeling and stuff, you had become like a national news story overnight. And I think it was like, you I had, didn't... you were swimming these waters. You had really no idea what was going on, but at the same time, and I think at the, at the same time, people then didn't know what a you know, outspoken person that you are. You're not a doormat. You're no. not, you don't take kindly to being, you know, um, run over. And I think in that but situation. But Eddie knew that. This is what I don't understand about that man. He knew that because I made all the decisions in our life. It's like, where are we going to dinner? Where are we? Like I was in charge of everything. He knew that I was going to murder some motorcycle tires. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I would did. assume that he would think that right. at least because knowing me that I'm not going to just lay down and say, okay, I'm go away and, you know, hide. I'm going to fight. Like I'm a fighter. Right. And I think that that was what you had said to me. You're like, I don't want to look like a doormat. I don't want to be the victim. Yeah. And I mean, it's so easy in that situation to become the victim and that's not what you wanted to do at all. And you're like, I want to tell my side of the story. And I remember we were talking about this the other day. I remember when you had at the time, literally we're like, here, can you go on my computer and find, <laughs> I'm like, we need photos. If we're going to run your story, we need photos. Like, can you go on my computer and figure out how to find photos? Yeah. I, I was so computer illiterate. I mean, even more so than I am today. Um, <laughs> I still have to have Mason help me with the computer every day. I kind of think I was in a denial. Like I knew in my stomach something right. was going on and I just didn't want to, like, I wouldn't go through his phone. I didn't learn to use the internet because I was afraid of what I was going to find. Right. You know, so right. I, part of it was, I think, self-protection, even though, I don't know, you know, I don't know. It still gives me nuts. It's not weird. I mean, I know that I'm a, I'm over the heartbreak, but I am a different person because of all of it. Right. So, right. but anyway, so we met, you know, that's how we met. And right. um, you were working for Us Weekly at the time. I was working for Us Weekly at the time. And then, um, and I, you got, you got my side of the story out there. You really did. And, and you, it was the truthful side rather than people making things up because I wasn't taking their calls. Right. Um, and I respected you for that. And I remember when you called me, 
one time and you're like, Brandy, um, there's pictures of them. After Eddie denied all of the stuff, you're like, there's pictures coming out. And he went straight to her that day. And I was like, I am going to my happy place, the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am done with this Cuban. So you went there with me. We became really close friends right. through the whole entire situation. And you stopped working at that magazine. You moved on to Bigger, Better Things for mm -hmm. The Hollywood Reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, you're kind of a big deal for being so young. It was annoying. And you have a lot of friends like myself, but you were very unavailable a lot of the time. And it really it bothered me. But I think that's what you liked <laughs> about me too, because it made you a little bit jealous. It was a challenge. It was a challenge. And you, and you wanted to hang out with me more. I had to chase after you to get you a little. Listen, all the good things. And then it really was, I think, your idea to write the book. I had right. always wanted to write a book, but my I wanted to write a cookbook. Right. <laughs> and I always journaled and I, I made poems and I just I love writing and it's very cathartic. Right. But I didn't think of writing a book until you brought it up to me. Right. And I think so we had done the the first draft kind of before We we, we did the proposal. Yep. We like we decided you brought it up, I said, All right, let's do this. We got a bucket load of wine and we sat around and we, you know, we just went over the details of the divorce and we wrote it and it was such a collaborative effort. And it really, 100%. it bothers me when people are like, oh, you had a ghostwriter. I'm like, no, she worked very hard and I worked very hard mm -hmm. and we did it together. You're a professional writer. You had never written a book. So it was like new territory for both of us. Right. And this book became a number one New York Times bestseller, right. which... Clearly, if I'm going to do book two, I'm going to do it with my boo, you. <laughs> and they did offer me ghostwriters. And I said, absolutely not. I, I really, I have to have it. I'm a control freak. You're a control freak. Right. Together, we're freaky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's important too is that when you're writing books like these, and you really are, like in both books, putting your heart on the table and being really open and really honest and really raw, it's hard. if you don't trust the person that you're working with, right? then you're, you're going to immediately kind of build up that wall. And that's not what I think readers, especially, you know, well, you also have my, we have a about. very, very similar voice. We laugh right. at the same things. You're a little bit meaner than I am, but we, <laughs> we laugh like we have, we're very similar in our, right. we, our sarcasm and how things just kind of roll out of our mouths. And we're like, Oh, sorry. Little foot and mouth. Yeah. 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 You're I'm, I'm worse than you on that point, <laughs> but no, I mean, we think the same, our heads go to the same place and that's why I always re respect your opinion usually. <laughs> um, and we, we're just, we're friends and that's that big part. So when they said, you know, here's this chunk of change to do another book, I'm like, well, I'm using Leslie. And they're like, well, we have a writer we want you to work with. Right. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I went and egged her house. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Oh man. I know. I know. Um, wait, I want to go back though for a second yeah. to the ghostwriter thing, because that really bothers me too, because for so many reasons. Obviously, you know, this was a collaborative effort and it was many, many hours over many, many months. And we both, and we cried a lot. We laughed a lot. We fought, we had to take a break because of the yeah, fighting. We broke up for about we broke a week. Up. Yeah, but it just listen, happened but you know? because we were so passionate about what we were doing. Absolutely. And this, this book, the first, well, the, this book kind of obviously came together in the last year, but the first book was like four, five, four years in the making. Five years. We yeah. couldn't get a book deal until Michael Broussard called me. Right. We, God we tried. I know. Thank God. Right? Thank you, Michael. We love, we love you, Michael. We love that crazy man. But yeah, the ghostwriter thing. Oh, I yes. want to get back. Ugh. We're going on tangents. If, but let me just tell you, if 
I had a ghostwriter, I wouldn't be putting your name on That's the cover the point. of my book. If ghostwriters are paid to be silent. And, I am and not silent. No, like, you no they're me. paid to not be, well, silent, but what's the, invisible. Yes. Invi- they're not like ghosts. Yes. I mean, ghosts say, woo. <laughs> <laughs> No, ghostwriters are obviously something that doesn't get like, you know, cover billing and like I'm on there with you and that's, you, you know. And, and you're in something- there because a lot of the, the stories, the dating stories, you were there with me. Right, right. My partner in crime out when I met the, 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 felon, the felon, the criminal. Oh my, oh, the criminal. I forgot what we called it. But yes, he, uh. <laughs> the guy that has a mugshot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we had to, the legal took that, a lot of that out. Right. So we can't, we have to be careful what we say. Right. Legal took a lot of out. Yes. I, not, I mean, I, I guess we have to protect, they have to protect themselves. Right. Because we're just balls to the wall. <laughs> right. And when we're like pointing fingers, like, no, it was this guy. Yeah, it was, it was that one. Guy. And this is his Google last him. name. And this is his area code and phone number. <laughs> we were a, we he has a, a private address. plane, but he's a little bit of a douche. <laughs> he's a douchey. So after our first book, did you get a lot of offers to do other books? Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of things kind of came into the to the forefront. I got a lot of, you know, you quit your job. I, I did quit my job <laughs> afterwards. Um, which is she's a, famous now, which was a, just a whole host of reasons. But also I knew that if this was something, um, with a second book was going to come along that, you know, the turnaround for this book was even quicker than the first yeah, oh book. My, we, we were, we crunched this out. And, well, we had a different, we have a different publisher this time right. and she, I love her. She, they're amazing. She is tough as nails. And yeah. our last publisher was just like, Oh, whatever you want. Yeah, no, Actually, Nancy wrote us hard and yeah. put us away wet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's she's tough cookie, and I think that we weren't used to dealing with such strict guidelines, and I think it really probably pushed us over the edge a right. little. And we're strong women, so we that's are. why we go head-to-head, and she's and to have a strong somebody woman. Else yelling, I'm like, don't answer your phone. <laughs> and Michael's a strong gay, so it's yeah. like oh all of us God. together, it was like a, a sorority on craft. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the first book, um, right? And then, oh, the ghostwriter. You had something to say about the ghostwriter. Oh, no, the, oh you made my it. point for me, which was it's the same brain. You made my point for me, which was the ghostwriter is is silent, is you know, isn't billed at all. And I think to uh, your credit, I think you were so open and honest about the fact that like this was a collaborative process. You're not. Well, I'm not a professional to- writer. I've never written a book before. Of course, I'm doing the work, and we're doing it together, and it really takes a village. I actually saw right. Carol Roswell the other night. We saw her. Yeah, we yes. with you. Yeah, you were with <laughs> me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we are friends. Somebody, In real life. Somebody said, oh, you forgot your... I, I remember some tweet about I didn't put you on the tweet, my ghostwriter, and I, I was like, what are you... T-? I got in a big Twitter war about you. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I will point out that in this book, there's a certain word that I misspelled and they forgot to correct it. Uh-oh. Well... <laughs> Country? I forgot the O. It was so weird. Oh. But everyone knows I'm a horrible speller. Yeah, no. Um, I No one caught it. It was so I mean, like, that's what... That could, that could have been you, Nancy, our Nancy. editor. How could you leave that O I out? I mean. I mean. And I tell it. And- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hell. So what's next for you? Because for the third book, I'm going to have to either go on, like, speed dating or right. hire a ghostwriter. I have to make thoughts, though. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, but exciting. I don't think we should discuss them, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't think. I think it's too soon. It's too soon. But if and when there is, and, you know, knock, knock on, on wood, wood, that there's a, a third book, I think 
you know, I, I don't think too that you are, you're not just confined to dating and tweeting and, and like drinking. There's, and drinking. <laughs> but apparently, uh, although, but although that might seep into, they all go into big both box. books. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to you. So I think there's obviously more stories to tell. Nothing's like confirmed yet, but there are a couple different offers on the table. Mm-hmm. So, but Brandy is my, um, uh, you're mine. You're, you're, you're my mine. priority. You're mine. Don't, don't get too fancy. I remember when you were not available for me for a couple weeks and oh, I have another wedding. You're, you've been to more weddings than anyone I've ever met in my I life. I mean, I'm a really good friend. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, returned. I did text I you think last I just night. buy really nice wedding I was gifts. Like, I got That's the book. Why. I bought the book. Come over. Cricket. 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 <laughs> Thanks. No. Oh, you just didn't text me back. I mean, oh, I, you know what time I went to bed last night? Nine o'clock. Oh, because you're jet lagged. And well, and I'm a hundred years old. If you're 100, then I'm 120, and I don't know. No, I took that. one of those tests, though, where it says that I'm 27 in real life, but I act as if I'm 55. Oh. So I think that that's... I don't so, think you have... You're not like I mean, an old grandma. Out, that's a whole... That's like, that's like... That's why we have to, like, amp up to it. <laughs> uh, we have to take... Yeah, we, and we need, break. like, a week to recover. Uh, no, we've had some really fun, interesting nights that we do not need to talk about. No. And your shark does not need to know about. No, sorry, babe. No, but nothing, nothing, second base at the most. <laughs> I <laughs> that's mean, because that that's, was, I was your first girl kiss. Oh, <laughs> you were everybody's first girl kiss. Kind of like, I was all my friends' first girl kiss. It's just because I'm lonely. I need a man. I've decided. I've decided. But I'm that's ready. why we have drinking True. and dating, which yeah. is well, your no process. No one's ever going to talk to me again after. Th- I will never get a date again after every guy that I've dated reads this book. Right, but it's not like you're like giving them their phone numbers like at the end. Yeah, I mean, if you if you kind of, I think you'll be able to tell. I mean, if you know, and me, Darren will date you again. He was just here. <laughs> yeah, he will. He's I got mean, a whole chapter. Yeah, it's like ugh. I I do feel though that um, I'm ready. I think I'm ready for like a relationship. I don't have a boyfriend, but, but I think, didn't you just recently? Okay, let's not say that because then I'm desperate. I'm not ready to do anything. I hate men. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> I don't. I don't want a boyfriend at all. No, I want to go. You recently d- had a boyfriend, though, didn't you? I did. I'm. I'm ready to go on. I don't have him anymore. I'm ready to go on dates. Dates are fun. Yeah, but you I'm, go on a lot of dates, though. Uh, not really. I'm going on one on Sunday. Well, when, and then before that, when's your last date? Huh. It's a good question. Before Thanksgiving, you know, I, I really took the holidays off. I gained about twelve pounds, and I'm just, you know, <laughs> slowly trying to get back into my skinny jeans. Well, we talk about it in the um, obviously in drinking and dating, and you tell your story about how you are looking for your like your my criteria. Man, my, yeah, we don't. I don't want to give it away, but I'm I'm looking for my emergency contact. Is that giving it away? No, you're in case of emergency contact. Yes. Oh, this is sad. Now it's taking a turn for the sadness. <laughs> Kleenex? Um, Jake misses your husband, so Yashar needs to come over and swim. With- I heated the pool yesterday, even though the kids are sick today, so it's not going to do any good. But it's been so warm in LA that we can actually swim right now. It is uh, 82 right now in my by my house, and I live just a couple miles from you. So. Yeah, you're in Beverly Hills. You're, you should be I'm in Beverly Hills post office, which doesn't really count. It means rich daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it means it means that I, girl. when I have kids, they will not be going to the Beverly Hills fancy school. They'll be going somewhere like deep in the valley. They will be in private school. You know that. Your mother-in-law, if you don't have here. kids soon, you're... You're not going to have a husband soon. <laughs> you better pop some out. I know. It's, I mean, that's... It's I know. Fun. I have a Persian husband and a very Persian family, and they're lovely, and they've never pressured me, but I know that they... <laughs> they never have? No. They haven't said anything, but I think I also have made... Yashi's pressured you. 
I mean, he's definitely ready, but I think that um, just babysit Jake. I don't know. After I think uh, when we did the first book and we got to talk about you know your particular procedures, you know, <laughs> I want I want to. But you, have, I want to hang on to like my pre-pregnancy vagina for as long as. I But can. you're getting a C-section because you're you're tatted Chris. you're tatted up. And um, I don't understand half of your tattoos, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> right. I need a no, big true. floral, like tribal thing. Yeah. Under like, my or belly like button. an arrow. This is where the fun happens. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope that still happens after kids. It will. It will, I guess. I mean, once you get your, boob- <laughs> you get your boobs done, we have you have to get on that. Train oh, that's because- gonna be that's my push present. Yeah. Well, you only big have one kids. One kids. <laughs> one kids. You're having one kids? We're kid? professional writers. <laughs> you have to wait till you're done having kids all together to get your I know, done. but by the time I'm done having kids, I mean, who's going to even want to hang out with my boobs? <laughs> That's why you're going to need to do them. Because <laughs> your kids won't even want them anymore. They'll be like, oh, I had that. It doesn't done. look the same. I'm done with it. <laughs> this is Leslie Ann Bruce Amin, and she is my co-author of both books, her first two books as well. Mm-hmm. And we are just a writing, tweeting, drinking, dating duo. Minus the dating for me, though. When was the last date? You can still date when you're married. Oh, well, yeah. But, like, I don't have all of these new, obviously, stories. I've been dating <laughs> the same man for 12 years. I know. But you still go on date nights, We do. Right? We do go on dates. But it's usually when I'm telling him, make a reservation. I want to go somewhere where I have to wear a dress. I want to go somewhere that when we get there in time for our reservation, they tell us to wait at the bar and have a drink because it's that popular that our reservation is pushed back. Dan so very, very easy. <laughs> like our night at Dantana's the other night. Oh my God. We didn't sit down for 90 minutes. I know, but I, I thought you were famous. I, you know what? I'm not. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> um, I made the reservation at 6 p.m. that night. You know, they take reservations months in advance. Right. Christian always hooks us up and he never sees us on the right side, which I don't know if the people that didn't know this, if you see... If this you is s- important. This is important. Okay. All you LA people that think you're cool. If you go into Dantana's and you are seated on the right side of Dantana's, you're not cool. <laughs> you might you might as well go next door or to that to Indian Mercado or whatever. It's, yeah. it's It doesn't count. That night out does count. not count. <laughs> and they're going to turn that table and you're going to be out of yeah, there in 40 minutes. You're quick. They don't care about you. <laughs> no. But, but there was another reality star there who got seated before us. And Brandy... <sighs> I mean, literally had to had to give somebody a talking to. I, I did. I, I gave a little tongue lashing to my <laughs> beautiful friend Christian. But apparently, Christian told me he that that guy that was wearing the slippers did book like three months in advance. So listen, if he called at six, he wasn't even getting in. Mm-hmm. But that little man, and then he tried to tell us what. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to give him any kind of. He came over twice to tell us yeah, like what to order. It was annoying. I mean, because at the at, like we have been going to Dantana's for years. For this kid to keep coming over to our table when we were eating, it was it was rather annoying. And to tell us what we should order and what's right. good here. Like, right. Are you a waiter or do you want to go back to your table? Well, he was just like pissing on trees. He's yeah. like, I get it. You're yeah, from like, here. I get it. I understand. I there's no play no restaurant in LA that I feel like more of a giant. And that's what Carol Roswell said to me. She's like, I've never felt like more of a midget than when I saw Brandy, but everything in there is little. 
So, and that, we talked about that. The we, bars, we, the seats, it's all the very ceilings, short, the men. small, every, <laughs> everything. <laughs> the portions aren't little though. They give some big no, portions. No. I, yeah, I love, we should Big I'm portions, hungry. little men. That's <laughs> three. But the little men go into Dantana's to feel huge. And then I stand up and everyone's like, you must be 6'5". I'm like, no, I'm 5'10", but everyone here is like 4'11". And you do go on, in drinking and dating, you do go on a date to Dantana's with another very tall person. Yes, and we were crunched into that little booth in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm blushing because that was a fun date. Ugh, that That ended with a few dents. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Actually, just get the book, Drinking and Dating. And I'm dragging you to Sacramento with me because you're a 916 chick too. Yep. My husband's from Sacramento. A lot of friends up there and it's going to be a fun time. Roseville Galleria. Yeah. No, it's not. The, I, think, I don't think it's like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> it's in Roseville. It's at the Barnes and Noble in, in Roseville. Roseville. I don't know. I don't at think the it's Galleria. the Galleria. It's like next to it. I mean, it's there. All right. Well, my kids are coming, so we need Yash to come too so he can watch Babysit them. them? <laughs> we need... I have a friend with a pool up there. It'll be great. All right. Well, this is Brandy Glanville, unfiltered with a beautiful and talented writer. What else do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, and cook extraordinaire, but you don't really cook. I mean, I try, but mm-hmm. no, I don't like really cook. I'm, I'm a, a writer, Maury Povich watcher extraordinaire. Oh, okay. You love, you, you're a dog, I, dog lover. I am a dog lover. Yeah. <laughs> we got nothing. I, I don't. I don't do much. I'm Brandy's bitch. Yeah. Oh, I wish that would be so fun. If you really could be. Oh, we should do it. Like we should do our own reality show called Brandy's Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say. Lord knows, I never know what's gonna come out of this mouth. Um, but we did manage to put it on to paper, and it will be coming out February 11th. I'm going on a major book tour. Woo woo. Did you watch? Oh, you, you didn't. But last episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta, <laughs> Beverly Hills. It was a really interesting episode. I'll just say that. I want to tell you and everyone out there listening, the reason I did not go to the doctor when I broke my hand is because I didn't freaking have medical insurance. And I didn't feel like telling the world that on television. But I have a pre-existing condition and I tried to get medical insurance for over a year before finally getting it. But I didn't want the women to judge me and I didn't want the world to judge me. But now I feel like I just want to share it. I didn't go because I couldn't afford it and I didn't have medical insurance. And that's just what it is. So... It's not about being told what to do. Trust me. I should have. My bone healed. It's like all messed up the way it healed. But that's the truth of it. And Well, I feel like in that particular scene, you're a grown-ass woman. So, and you can do and say whatever you want. That's my opinion. Um, and you, who do you like? Who you like? You like Carl? I do. Like I like Carlton I do too. She's cool. We're actually having dinner Saturday night. You and Yashi can come. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do sushi. Wait, do you watch Rich Kids at Beverly Hills? I, I want to know what you think I, about that. I was a little disappointed because... Of all of the, I mean, they're not really kids. They're in their twenties. Yeah, no, they're maybe like they're forty-five. They're like <laughs> older. They're living at home. But I do like that Morgan girl. I the think blonde? she's funny. Yeah, I think she's, she's funny. funny. She's got big boobs. She's, yeah, she's clearly that's her. Her blog is boobs. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. I don't know. I've never boobs heard. Boobs and lubes. I the only one I ever knew of before was Magic Johnson's son. I didn't right. know any of the other people on that show. Yeah, and they have like crazy money. It's <laughs> it's fascinating that I, show. Mm, I don't know if it's like really fascinating um, to get like wine on my Hermes. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> fabulous. Uh, my God, let's do a selfie. <laughs> We've taken a lot of selfies, Brandy. No, you have. <laughs> you. Uh, I'm also. I'm also 24. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I live with my parents. I, you will not really catch me taking a selfie, and you know that. 
You're the one. Let's talk about this. No, no. On the way to the Bruno Mars concert, you took a selfie and posted it on Twitter, and you said, my hot date to Bruno Mars. Of you. You were together in the photo. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one one selfie I took, I don't like that word, selfie. It's like, oh, it's just, it's like little, it's like... I don't know. It was Merriam-Webster's newest um, I know. word of the year, some some shit like that. You know what? My son won't stop saying that I can't. His answer for everything, YOLO. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Stop it. It's like carpe Just, diem for idiots. Oh. Don't, you're calling my son an idiot? Uh, no. That's, you know what? Because that's really, really mean. <laughs> He's only 10. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the rappers that put that in like 30 years old, like YOLO, like Kanye. Like, come on. Like watch Dead Poet Society. I and am not Mason's talking about Kanye. Kanye I'm already too. afraid of everyone. I'm you. You go. Go. You go ahead on Kanye, honey. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how that works out for you. <laughs> Kanye, um, you can tweet me if you have an issue. <laughs> Tweeter. He doesn't say YOLO. He doesn't say YOLO. Oh, maybe I may have made that up. But you, I'm you just saying, totally made that up. <laughs> it sounded believable though because we talked about it. For a Blue little told bit. me remind you. That's my song. Like my Jay Z. You like your. <laughs> you like your rap. You know me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, don't, whatever you do, don't say it. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it in. I would say let's go get a drink, but I can't because I have kids at home waiting for me. I can't drink. I have kids. I don't drink on the nights I have kids. No, you don't. So, and I've been there for it because I think I've actually tried to get you to drink. (laughs) I'm like, I can't. You to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Leave now. You're a bad influence. No, I mean, we're definitely, we're drinkers. You and I, we're drink, but yeah. Um, not today, not like daytime drinkers, only on vacation when we had to pretend to be lesbians because everyone was on a romantic getaway. Right. That was fun. That was fun. It was fun. We almost got killed in an alley. We did. I decided that we could take a shortcut because I'm a gangster bitch and we We almost almost died. I mean, we like would have been like a a lifetime movie. Uh, We, oh, we would have been a lifetime movie. And then we crashed a bachelor party, which was fun, (laughs) (laughs) which yeah, all the guys were hitting on us and I'm thinking, you're getting married. I was, I was, I gave, I let that guy have it. They were, yeah. They were harmless. They but, were harmless. I mean, unless we said yes, and then they wouldn't have been. So. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I did definitely give him a lecture. Right. I'm, I'm like, I know you don't know. There should be rules for bachelorette and bachelor parties. Like, what is acceptable? What is not? How, you know what I mean? I think that that's like, I would love your take on that. Like, well, I think flirting is fine. Mm-hmm. But I think once you start, if you, if a hand touches another person, like to even sexy dancing, fine but don't touch the person right that is where i think it turns from flirting to being disrespectful to the person you're going to be with right um i don't think that guys or girls should get a one-time pass to go and have sex with someone else it's like why would you do that when all of these years you've been building up to starting this thing together why would you want to start it off on that foot right of wondering and like having that like I don't know. And the guy denying thing. I just, I don't know. My my thing is too, is like, if you're like most people getting married now, especially like in Los Angeles, New York, or probably like in their 30s. People don't get married here anymore. Right. But they're like, what, like between 28 and 35 or something like that for the first time. Um, And like, if you haven't gotten like, if you haven't hooked up enough and gotten laid enough by then, then maybe maybe you'll get married. Yeah. Sorry, people. Yeah. All right. And that is where we are going to wrap things up. This is one of my best friends and the co-author to my both of my books. Drinking and Dating will be out on February 11th. It's so exciting. Uh, you can pre-order Drinking and Dating by going to podcastone.com and hitting the Brandy Glamble link. 
Coming up next, I have Brett Easton Ellis. Like, he's legit. I'm not joking. He is the author of American Psycho, The Rules of Attraction, Lesson Zero, and The Canyons. Not to mention, also a podcast one host. Yeah, he's cool. And he's coming to me because we're cool friends. We're actually friends, I've decided. Uh, He doesn't know that yet, but we're going to be friends at some point. All right, we'll be right back. Brandy Glanville Unfiltered will return in a minute. Hey, uh, Brandy, there's two very common New Year's resolutions people usually arrive to. Do you know what those are? Start a business. That's one of them. Maybe be more organized. Quickly do both at LegalZoom.com. Oh, that's amazing. I always think about it when I'm on a plane thinking, shoot, I should have got that will because I'm going to die in flames. You haven't done that yet? I guess I haven't. You and need to do that. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to go on LegalZoom and do it. Getting your life organized starts with the last will and testament or living trust. Those are important as well. I need it. I need help. Protect your assets, your family, you got everything at LegalZoom. So if I want to incorporate, can I go on LegalZoom and do that? Yes, and that's what I did. Oh, really? Yep. They file all the paperwork. They do everything that you could possibly need. I need to do that because if I can go on the internet and do it myself, I'm going to do it. You're not going to pay that lawyer. Wow. And they I'm, have an A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. You know, that is a very big deal. LegalZoom's step-by-step process was created by a team of experts in law and technology. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect you with a third-party attorney and provide you with self-help services. For special savings, enter Brandy, B-R-A-N. NDI in the referral box at checkout. Don't let another month go by before you take care of these things for your family and business from wills to trademark applications, power of attorney, and even bankruptcy help. Go to LegalZoom.com for all your legal needs. It actually is a one-stop shop. Use LegalZoom.com. I'll get in touch with them and we'll make that happen. Oh, cool. This is an important announcement for anyone with a student loan who is having trouble making their monthly payments. If that's you, pay attention because there's a special toll-free hotline that has been set up especially for you. So grab a pen and take this number down or put it in your cell phone. 1-800-652-3707. That's 1-800-652-3707. When you call the National Student Loan Relief Hotline, you will get free information. That's free information to help you relieve the overwhelming financial burden of an ongoing endless student loan. If you are behind, late on payments, or even in default of your student loan, the National Student Loan Relief Hotline can help you. You may also be able to cut your payments in half right away. The National Student Loan Relief Hotline can also stop the harassing phone calls, wage garnishments, and even remove tax liens. The National Student Loan Relief Partner Companies have helped thousands of people just like you fix their student loan problem. Call 1-800-652-3707 for free information today. That's 1-800-652-3707. You're listening to Brandy Glanville, unfiltered. 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 Welcome back to Brandy Glanville, unfiltered. I'm sitting here with Brett Easton Ellis, and he's crazy like a fox. No, um, I know you. I mean, the movies you wrote they're they're really dark, but there's also like a always a fun craziness to them. But you say you're monotone. You just told me you're very, your personality is very monotone, but you got to have a lot of crazy well, shit in your head. Well, look, we were, we were talking about that because I, like Brandy, have a podcast on Podcast One. And we were talking about the different kind of personalities that, that are within the Podcast One family. There's like, there's the crazy aunt, there's the, you know, alienated cousin, there's the <laughs> raucous sports loving father. And um, and 
I, think I was going to say redheaded stepchild, but of course I'll get in trouble for that. I get in trouble for everything I say. You know what? And I find that ridiculous. I think the stuff, whatever that, I'm sorry to say, antiquated joke you made about not being the girl who got molested or the boy got molested, those jokes have been on South Park for 10 years now. It's not, you know, and when special interest groups start coming in, bitching and screaming about it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think the same is true for whatever the other, let's let's just get right into <laughs> okay, it. Let's just get it. into You're a housewife fan. I'm a housewife fan, and I no. just have to say that I know they shoot a ton of hours right. and they have to cut it into a, first of all, narratively cohesive 44 right. minutes. And that means shaping each housewife into a kind of type. And that's what causes the tension. This year, you've got a new person on. We have two new people. Well, who's the Tell- super? Carlton's not the super annoying one. She's no, just it's, nuts. it's Jacqueline. It's Joyce. Okay. I, I call her Jacqueline because for me, she will always be Jacqueline. Right. But Joyce, yes. for whatever reason, when Joyce went ballistic on you, she already was irritating me. But then <laughs> I have now like watched her extremely closely. And I think she just overreacts to everything. She rewrites the narrative. Now, again, I understand the show is a kind of fiction. But she's but- an actress, too. You have to realize all of those girls have acted That's true. before. And I have not. So for me, it's a little different going into it because I feel like they in some way write their own script because it's not scripted at all. Right. Well, they write it. Well, look, that's one of the reasons why the Beverly Hills House, the Real House was the Beverly Hills, whatever you want to call it, wow. is one of the best reality shows because there are reality shows where you can see the actual script. I mean, I've watched a couple that just premiered this last week where it was like, really? I mean, you might as well be reading off of cue cards. You know, that just, I don't believe this is a natural. Right. But the Beverly Hills House was it seems natural. But Regardless it, of the cutting, right. it seems natural. And that's why it is one of the best of this genre. Right. But you know why? I, this is why Atlanta Housewives, it doubles our ratings. And you know why? This is what I think. They're all not afraid to be real. They all put it out there. And yes. there's fist fights. Right. There's hair. I mean, it's real. Whereas with our group, there are certain people that want to per, like project this perfect persona like they're perfect there's nothing wrong in the world and like lisa vanderpump used to live deep in the valley and she was filing for bankruptcy and she doesn't want to talk about that but that is interesting to me well look part of the tension of the show for many seasons was kyle what do we do about kyle i mean there are many definitions of a liar, and I don't believe that Kyle is necessarily one, but I think the two-faced version of Kyle, you know, a case might be made. There's also a kind of reality that's out there in the world that Kyle doesn't necessarily want to confront or talk about and seems to want to sweep under the rug whenever Right, there's it comes certain out. things. But that adds tension. There right. is a kind of tension Well, there to is that. for sure because she didn't want me to bring up what was on the cover of a Star magazine, right. but the reality is – that is what's happening at the time. And we have to talk about it. Otherwise, we're all sitting there getting our nails done. That's not interesting. And getting along in our everyday lives, I don't think we would all be friends. I love Yolanda to death. We're having dinner tomorrow night. And that is so weird you bring to Yolanda because at first I thought Yolanda was so phony. It drove me crazy. Oh, my love, my love, my love. And now she is like in my top two or three favorite. She just did this transformation for me. I don't know why she, I was kind of turned off to her at first. But I, maybe it was the David, uh, whatever it was. Now I really, really like her. And it's weird how the show works that way, how yeah. your, your affiliation with certain housewives changes over the course of two seasons or so. And look, when you first came on, I thought, oh, this is total trouble. <laughs> Trash. And then now you're like one of my two or three favorites. And I also think you get this really unfair rap about just saying what's on your mind. 
And what you're dealing with really is a kind of what I like to call an empire attitude that is now, because of transparency, is drifting into the past, is becoming an antiquated attitude. The empire attitude of like, oh, we all have to sit here quietly and uh. you know not say what we really feel because it's going to hurt other people or... First of all, it shouldn't hurt other people, and I don't believe in hate speech at all. I don't either. But I do believe in honesty. Speak your mind. Speak your mind. But you get in these traps now in the culture. When you make the crack, Joyce takes it as a racist comment. We're still in this terrible, like, lame-ass, antiquated world. It's a different world now. Like, it's just so frustrating because with social media, we are all – I know you get in trouble on Twitter yeah, a little bit. But it's good because you speak your mind and who cares? Right. And if you have to go back and say sorry because you right. messed up, then you do it. Right. You know what? No one is perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. And just owning your mistake and saying, you know what? That was, you know, the stand-up comedian's joke that I took. I thought I wanted to get to their level and have them respect me. I'm not a professional interviewer. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's an old joke. People have been using that joke for a long time now. It's been in the culture. I remember people making that joke 10 years ago. So whatever kind of, you know, resonance it might have for special interest groups freaking out about it, is, you know, that moment's passed. But still, I know, you got flack. There are still pockets in the culture where if you don't say, quote-unquote, the right thing, I feel that's just not being human. I feel that is denying yourself who you are. And that's not acceptable. But we have to be able to error. We have to be able to make mistakes or go look back and say, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. Wrong group, wrong time. You know. Look, <laughs> I agree. I've done it too. I've said things that I didn't really mean to say that, but it got taken that way. I guess I can see how it was taken that way. Okay, I've got to like right. now explain myself. Right, which I have so stubborn. Like I want to just be like f you to everyone. Like this is just me, and this is how I am, and I didn't mean it that way. And I've, you know, it's like right. it's not who I am in my heart. Look, I don't like Twelve Years a Slave. Does that make me a racist? I mean, the special interest groups. I call them special I like interest groups. Movie. I don't know what. I, you know what? I thought it was well done. It was long. It was the this, the hanging scene when well, it went on for a few two seconds too long. I was very uncomfortable with it. Why did you like the movie? I didn't not like it. I, I didn't not like it. I just have not have not responded to it in the way that so many people. You know, I to. you know it's funny. It just it it took me back to a place. I like to see a movie and check out. Like it took me two and a half days to watch American Hustle, and right, normally right. I want to transport into that little thing. And with that movie, I did. It just took me away. As where American Hustle, for me, I couldn't even get through it. It was just Look, really I feel hard. The, I feel the same way about American Hustle. And I don't get the awards and the acclaim that movie is getting. I, I don't either. I really thought it was like, mm, when I saw it. Not terrible. But, no, and but, I think Jennifer but, Lawrence was good. I, I like thought the, the performances were good. The, the, I thought all the, the story good. was weak. I, I, I did too. It, I did that's too. really where they're all great actors. I'm fans of all of them. I am too. I but am too. the story was weak. Yeah, I thought so too. But, um, but anyway, how do we get on to that? We got into the idea <laughs> 12 of like, years being slave Right. But um, so but anyway, getting back to how you are, you become the sacrificial lamb of the show this season. Uh, We we all will have our turn. Right. That's true. We all will get our turn. You think Lisa Vanderpump's going to get her turn? No, she will never. She's 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 she will be sitting up here on the totem pole and she won't ever get it. She's you can't not love her. She's intoxicating. And she has this thing about her that she will never, ever, ever go down. Right. Look, I like all of them. I might have had my problems with Kyle, but I like Kyle. I do. You would I like, like her. Kyle. For example, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, 
Kim suddenly had a snap and went off on Lisa or Ken. I think they were like having right, a little. Yes. And Ken, I love Ken's reaction to it. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck off, babe. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he just gets up and leaves because, you know, Kim is in one of her delusional kind of like, I'm rewriting the narrative and this is how I see it when it's not that way at all. So you, you're stuck in the position of being the sacrificial lamb this season, but also at the same time, you were really humanized in the Sacramento episode. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I mean, I, don't you think to a degree you were? I mean, we got a sense. Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't read no, your book. No, it's okay. But I didn't really get a sense of your background. I knew about everything going on in your tabloid life and everything right. that I had read about you, and I knew about it from the show. But I didn't really know how you were raised, the background, right. everything. Look, that's a very humanizing episode. It was it was good for me because him. I can't have my children on the show, so they only see the drunk, fun Brandy, right. and they don't know that there's – you see me in here. We have our podcast. I show up. I'm on time. I have my notes in front of me. It's true. I – you know, I have another side to me, but I can't show that on the show because I can't bring my kids around. So, you know, bringing my family into it, it was a really rough year for me because I wasn't speaking to my father. And it, it even watching it back, I was worried that it would take us, you know, because the girls and I get in fights all over again when we watch the show back. It's right. like we have to relive it. And then the reunion's coming up in a week, week and a half, and we're going to relive it all again. That's right. And so I was worried that my father would take it. And revert back to our fight. Do you know what I mean? Right. And thank God he didn't. So we're fine. He he just decided that I say the F word too much. And I said, okay, who are you? Because growing up, that's who taught me the word is my dad. Right. But, you know, I can't. I'm 41 years old. I can't change now. I mean, ask. I, I would love to help you, Guy Glanville, and not say the F word as much. But I don't say it like a ton, a ton. It just it comes out sometimes. Right. It was an important episode in order to get... I, lack of a better word, your backstory in a way, even further back than just say the last three years, four years or whatever. So that was a big step forward. As for the housewives that I'm a little sketchy on, I'm definitely sketchy on Jacqueline or Joyce. What is her name? Now Um, you've confused me. I don't even know what her name is. Honestly, I did it at first on accident, then I saw how much it annoyed her, and then I did it on purpose. But her name was And that was in Palm Springs. Yes. Was that started on Palm Springs at the dinner table? Or was it the episode before? It was actually a few episodes before that, but I don't think it aired, but I was really calling her Jacqueline. I was confused. Okay. She is just, for me right now, she's the problem. (laughs) She's the problem. So, and then Carlton is just kind of a wild card. She's just like a loony wild card. I mean, she's... Look, the more you watch reality TV, and I know people who create reality yeah, because TV. You, but you are an amazing writer. You you created Less Than Zero. You, I mean, you wrote the book, right, and they right. made all of these movies, right. Less Than Zero, The Rules of Attraction, The Canyons, which I want to ask you about, Lindsay. But a lot of people that are in the entertainment business with scripted television movies really look down on reality television. So it's very interesting to me that you are a fan. I watch a lot of reality television. I think reality television... I know everyone's talking about how television is in this golden age, and there's all these fantastic TV shows, and they're really down on reality TV. But I think reality TV is much more interesting than a lot of scripted shows. Certainly scripted comedy shows on network. There are some great one or two great shows on cable but i really don't believe that this is this golden age of scripted television i do think it's a great age of reality television there is a bad reality television and there's really well done good reality television i know that your reality falls under the guise of okay uh it's 40 hours of stuff we've taped and we have to whittle it down to 44 minutes But I still think with your show, there is kind of an essential truth to each woman. Absolutely. Fine, it's been manipulated to a degree, but your show is good enough so that I don't 
feel any lines are being fed to any of them. No, ones. there's there's not. And I feel that on other reality shows, especially no. the newer ones that are coming up and are much more aggressive and I guess new school where they just don't care. No, they don't no. care if they say it's like fake. the Hills. They had they had their script for the Hills and but, still But even then, the Hills was really I didn't watch el- it. I didn't watch I, it. I watched that's all the, of the Hills and I thought it was really <laughs> elegantly so done. It was really beautifully shot. And even though I know there was the script to it, it was so new. There really hadn't been anything like The Hills that right. it kind of worked for me. But anyway, getting back to that notion of empire. And right. the, reality television is where we're kind of at right now. And there's good reality television. There's bad reality You, television. I mean, you interviewed Kanye, and he's married to the biggest star on the planet, reality star. And I think that's also a good reality show. I like keeping up with the Kardashians. I watch it too. That's one I do watch. And he, I don't know why I can't stop. Everyone's like, why do you watch it? I just can't stop. Because the family dynamics are compelling. It yeah. is compelling. Kim and Chloe and Courtney are compelling. Chris is compelling in her own way. It's just like... We care about them. We feel like we we're part of their family. Them. We do. And, and it's the truth. And the truth is they're living... The truth, like with Lamar and everything exactly. that's going on, that is really the going divorces, on. The divorces, the relationship, exactly. Rob's Bruce's game, transformation, Bruce's <laughs> transportation—it's all really happening. And there's a double pleasure in a way, and I hate to use the term pleasure, but you, so you're watching the Kardashians on one level, and then you're in the supermarket and you're picking up the tabloids yeah. on another level. So you're seeing two versions of them, and often what's so fascinating is they actually do overlap. There is a Reality, though some might say Chris is a little closed off about being ultimately transparent about certain painful things in her life. She'll go to one or two places. Yeah, she's, and be real. she's protecting something. She's protective, yeah. And we, that's why she's compelling yeah. and, and likable. She is the protective mother figure. Yes, but it, so, it's interesting to me when she they always talk about how she likes Kim best and she says yes. I'm like, I couldn't pick between my children, but okay, I like Chloe best. That's my She's my favorite. It's, I'll just put it out there in the world. Um, but I like, I like them Courtney. all. I, I like Courtney, Courtney too. too. I, I like, there's not one that I dislike, yeah. no, I know. but I just like Chloe. I feel like she's strong because of what she's gone through recently, especially. Yes. And so it just, it kind of draws me to her having had a husband that cheated mm-hmm. and not obviously the drug situation, but you have to, and she goes out, she looks good. She, you know, she speaks eloquently and you're just like, wow, she's going through it and she's holding it together. And so that's why I just have a huge respect for her. Yeah. Uh, no, I, look, I like all of them. Uh, I've met all of them. I've been was working on a thing with Kanye, so I was at the house a lot. Well, just after Kim's pregnancy, just before and after Kim's pregnancy. So um, she's yeah. beautiful. It's kind of annoying. Well, look, she. They're all. I have to say this, and I'm not saying this because of whatever, whatever personal reasons. They really, in, when they're not on the show, they look. That great. good. Oh, I know. They look. None of them. When I went over to the house the first time and Chris answered the door, none of them were wearing makeup. They really? were all over the house. They all looked almost better yeah. than they did when they're that made up for the show. Well, they're and, all um, very attractive. And they have that skin, that beautiful skin, and I get jealous of that skin. Yeah. But you know, I mean. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, so we like the Kardashians, and that and that is a good reality show, I think. But um, but it's nice to hear someone in the entertainment business and you know has done all these movies saying they like reality television because it does get a bad rap. It does from snobs, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know from snobs. I mean, I don't. I can't just because something is reality television doesn't mean 
it's automatically Trash. bad. <laughs> right. You could argue that the Atlanta Housewives is a bit trashier than the Beverly Hills Housewives in a way. I don't really see that. What is the trash in the Beverly Hills Housewives? You guys aren't, you know, getting into fistfights. You aren't like bleeping each other out. The tensions seem, I, I know they're contrived because of editing. And there's one thing that's always dropped in every season that then is made to seem so much bigger than it really was. And that becomes the kind of main narrative for Right. A group of episodes. No, yeah, amazing. for the right. whole for the whole season, season, right? Really. Once you can grasp that and understand yeah. that this is how it works, you know, you can either go, I, I love it, I think it's great, or you know, I'm, it's not for me. But um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I just I'm just drawn to content that I think is compelling and interesting, and I don't care if it's like considered low right. culture or high culture. I don't know as long as it's as long as it seems relatively authentic, and that's getting back to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because out of all of the shows. It does seem – and I would say this goes for most of the Housewife shows that Bravo puts on. They are, for the most part, seem reasonably adult and authentic. I go – I said the same thing for New Jersey. Yeah, no, but that that one hurts my heart just because it's a family and mm-hmm. I am so close with my family. I was very nervous to involve them in the shooting because I already have enough tension with my dad. I didn't need it to get worse. Um, and once – that's they put the real in reality for me. I was like – I was nervous. I was scared. I was going to Sacramento. I'm thinking, what are they going to show? What are they not going to show? It, it was really hard. I, I think this hard this year's obviously been the hardest year for me, um, but it did make it very real. You know, just having your family there. It's, uh, I can't imagine what I would feel like if the kids were on the show with me and they possibly did or said something inappropriate as they do because they're little boys. How I would, if anyone says anything about my children. I flip a switch. (laughs) So I don't know. I I, I kind of, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but I'm not going to censor myself because then I feel like a sellout. All right. Well, this was awesome talking to you. Thanks. I mean, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, please. Come on again and we'll do it. I mean, we'll have overlaps and there's something we want to talk about. Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download a brand new episode next Tuesday at podcastone.com. Stay tuned for the latest AP News headlines from Podcast One right after this. AP Update. I'm Tim McGuire. Pope Francis is in the heart of Mexico's drug trafficking region to say mass for cheering Mexican priests, nuns, and seminarians. AP's Nicole Winfield reports from Mexico City. He's celebrating mass for Mexican clergy and nuns, and he's expected to give words of encouragement as they try to minister to a people who have really been tormented by this gang warfare and violence related to the drug trade. Winfield adds that the Pope traveled to the city to show he is in sync with the local archbishop and cardinal, who has been active in bringing the church to the people. Francis's visit to Morelia is also a sign of a vote of confidence for the archbishop, Alberto Suarez Inda. Francis made him a cardinal last year, which is a strong signal of the respect that he has for him. In his homily, Francis urged the clergy to be inspired, to get out of their comfortable lives, and to fight injustice. AP Update, I'm Tim McGuire.